to the five. What's going on? We are back with another segment of the Bill Jack Podcast. I'm your host, JT Montgomery, with my co-host, James Mallory, the NFL pedigrees like to call him. What's going on, James? What's up, what's up, what's up? Let's get it, JT. We back, we back. Let's get it. We are back. And uh, September 5th, 4.30, there'll be some people who won't not be back. And we're here to discuss one of those guys who may or may not be back today, in wide receiver Duke Williams. Now, Duke has become a fan favorite. Now, I don't know if it's just because he's big and his name is Duke and the crowd can just yell, Duke, you know, yep. like it used to do with Bruce. But uh, he's become a, a fan favorite here. And, uh, you know, some would say he hasn't had the opportunity he's deserved in Buffalo. Some would say that he hasn't made the most of his opportunity. But one thing we do know is Duke showed out in practice last year. He struggled last year to make the team in camp because he mm-hmm. did struggle transition to NFL from the CFL. But in practice by week one, I mean, he was killing the starting DBs, they said. Finally got him on the field in Tennessee. Had a hell of a game. Game-winning touchdowns, go catch, right? Yep. Fast forward to Miami, he gets hurt, hurts his shoulder. We don't see Duke again to week 17 versus the Jets in a pretty much of a throwaway game. Duke looks great in that game. You know, he connects with Matt Barkley for about four or five catches, I believe, and a lot of targets again. Yep. Then we see Duke in the playoff game. Now, mind you, is a guy who couldn't get on the roster during the season, makes his mark in Tennessee, looks good versus the Titans, was, made a, a nice catch in Miami, hurts, gets to Miami, hurts his shoulders, out for a little bit, comes back week 17. We see him again. He's getting targets. He's looking good versus the Jets. And then he comes into a playoff game, wild card game, and gets 10 targets. Yep. What the hell is going on with Duke Williams? What is hell going on? With, what the hell is going on with the coaching staff? Are they using them? Are they not using them? What's going on? We got to break that down today. See if this guy's going to make the team. James Duke Williams. I mean, what what's your first initial thoughts on Duke Williams? I like Duke. I do, but it, it's it's a pr- potential and production thing. You got the pretend. You got the size. You know. You got the, all the tangibles to be a really good player you're showing promise but you got to produce um you know and it's i mean sometimes i i, I just feel it was catches that duke could have came up with you know i think about that i think about that playoff game man that that ball that i feel he should have had in the end zone on the right side man right right i mean i, I think those are plays you got to have you know especially those definitely are plays you got to have if you're a bigger receiver and you're not a speed guy. You got those are battles you're supposed to win. The jump balls, the 50-50 plays, you got to win those. And especially when you give zero on special teams, you got to win those. Otherwise, I mean, your roster spot, it could be up for grabs. You know, like I said, I like him a lot. Uh, honestly, JT, it might be jumping ahead a little bit. I just don't think he makes this roster, unfortunately. Not the 53, man. Um, and I'm not sure if he would even want to be on the practice squad, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, I just don't you – know, when we sit there, I just think about the receivers that we do have. And I think Gabriel Davis have made it very, very, very difficult to keep Duke now because he, he's just making plays. Um, 
But it's going to be interesting to see. What's your thoughts, JT? I mean, what, what you thinking about Duke? I mean, what, what you think? What you think his future going to be? What you think going to end up happening with Duke Williams on uh when this fifty three man is uh finalized on uh Saturday here? So I like Duke. I like Duke a lot. Um, I kind of disagree with your point about production though, a little bit with Duke because I believe that to be able to produce, you have to be given first be given opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen him really given a legit be given a legit opportunity. They gave opportunity versus Tennessee, and he came in and he produced. That is true. Right. That is true. Now the the next week he got he got hurt versus Miami, and he was out for a little bit. And obviously, you know, when you're new, when you're trying to break break in for a spot or break in for for reps or snaps, you have the first ability. The first ability is availability. I was going to say, you know, that plays a part in the production. If you're injured, it right. goes against you. Right. Yep. But every time we've seen Duke, we've seen production. And this is what, this is what, what makes it very hard to make this argument against him. Every time we've seen Duke, we've seen production. And, you know, I go back to that play in Houston. That's the play a lot of people say you got to make that catch. You're right. He does have to make that catch in the right corner of the end zone, and that changes that game. That's a touchdown. The mm-hmm. 50-50 ball. He's supposed to be dominant in the 50-50 ball category. You're 110% correct on that, that point. You're 110% correct. But I also look at the fact that Josh Allen threw him that ball. How many veteran quarterbacks would have put Duke Williams in that position to make that play? They don't. They go to the number one, the number two, the number three guy. And don't get me wrong. There was John Brown, Cole Beasley. There was Dawson Knox in this field. There was Devin Singletary. He was not your number one or number two guy, but he had 10 targets. I believe he had the most targets in that football game, which means there's something that these quarterbacks on this roster like about Duke, and there's some type of trust factor that they built with him through practice reps. You know what I think it is, and not to cut you off, JT? Hmm. At that point in time last year, it was the size. You know, I mean, it, it was besides outside of uh, Dawson Knox, there was zero size out there. Anybody I'd be able to compete is no no opportunities for jump ball. So on that, I mean, hey, you go to John Brown, who's 5'11", not a, not a jump ball guy, or you take a shot with your 6'3", dude, that's a dog. And I love Duke's attitude. So you, or you do, do you take the shot with him? I think it was just – I'm not taking nothing away from Duke. I just think – in a situation like that, I think that's a no-brainer. You go into him in that situation. Yeah, but look at the, t- the 10 targets, though. Really, let's look at the target totals. I mean, I believe in Tennessee he had seven targets last year in that game. I believe versus Miami he had about three or four targets before he got injured. And you come back in the Jets week seven, and I forgot, I think he had like eight or nine targets. In that game he has 10. You know, that's not just – that's not just – uh height i don't think i i think that's trust yeah you know you got a point that is trust there that is trust and then if we i don't have the stats in front of me but if we look at with those targets what was the production out of those targets how many catches did he have in a playoff game you remember yeah four i i, I definitely remember four targets out of ten uh, four catches out of ten targets yeah so it's it's four that's a 40 percent but we don't then, know how the balls were thrown either. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that we know of. Just looking at the stats, then we got to go, like, okay, was this catchable? Was this realistic for him? You know, and so, you know, that all plays a factor into it. So, 
I just like I said, I would I wouldn't be mad if he's on the roster, not at all, right. because I think he's a player. But just looking at the roster, no, I, I I can't. I haven't seen Gabriel Davis yet, but is he better than Gabriel Davis? You know, no. And, you, and, you, you can't take those reps from Davis either. Yeah, yeah, and and Davis, you know, with the spark that Davis is making in practices, I don't think I ever heard Duke. Daily making those consistent. I, we heard him making big catches, a big catch in practice consistently. Mm-hmm. But this guy, Gabriel Davis, isn't making a big catch daily. He's producing overall, day, you know, every day. It's just he had a great day. He had a great day. He had a great day. Duke Williams, like, instead of a great day, like, oh, he had a great catch today. With Gabriel Davis, we're hearing he just had a great day, period. So, I mean, he's just, a, he's just balling, you know. So, right. I think that plays a, a, a big role into it as well. So, I mean, but we'll see. If Duke Williams can give us some of special teams, I think he'll make the roster. I just don't know if he's a special teams guy. Well, no, I mean, he's not a special teams guy. I think we figured that out last year. Everybody's just not meant for that. And, I mean, first of all, this dude is way too big to be trying to run down the field and uh, tackle somebody. Somebody's going to take his damn legs out. <laughs> yeah, right. So, he's, he's way too big for that. But this is, his, I, this is his stats from last year. So, he played four games. He started three. He had 12 target, twelve receptions off 19 targets for 166, one touchdown, which is a 63.2 catch percentage, which, I mean, catch percentage is extremely important in the NFL. Yeah. People don't look at that stat enough, but it's extremely important. In the playoff game, he did have 10 targets for four, recept- uh, for four receptions for 49 yards. What was that again? Can you repeat that again? He had four targets – I mean, 10 targets – Four mm-hmm. receptions, 49 yards, three first, three of those receptions were first downs. Okay. So I I think the production, the production value is there as far as when he's on the field and he's getting the targets. He's catching yeah. more than 50%, more than 60% of his his catch, his balls. Don't do Well, what I'm trying to say is the production to make you okay, we gotta have him. That type of production. Like, okay, we gotta keep this guy. We can't roll the dice and release them and see if we can get them on the practice squad. You got to lock it in. So I would have liked to see, you know, more six, seven catches in that situation, 80, 85 yards. I think that, you know. But we don't I remember how the throws were, though. That's the thing. Yeah. We don't remember how those throws. Because remember, a target, the ball could be way into the ground. That still counts as the target for you. I literally yeah. have to go back and scour through the entire film to find out how many of those 10 targets were actually catchable. We do know, we do know, we remember one was catchable. The one in the back corner of the end zone. Yep. It was definitely catchable and should have been probably should have been caught. But I, I'll have to go back and well, we'll have to go back and look at the film. Right. One guy I know who will know right off the top of his head is my younger brother. <laughs> you know, obviously being a prospect, he uh, he studies that film. If I ask him, he's like a uh, oh my goodness, he has like a photographic memory that stuff. He go like oh this catch, this catch, this catch. He should add this. So right. we have to go back and look, JT. Yeah, definitely. We're gonna have, we're gonna get more on that because like I said, we we definitely gotta see how many balls were catchable. Because I mean, this is a good debate. I, I, you asked, you just asked the question, and you said, "Is he a guy that we say we have to keep on this roster?" If you're going to ask me that, I'm going to tell you yes. This is a guy we must keep on this roster at all costs necessary. Because really, okay, I, 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 I want to hear this one. I'm going to say yes, to JT. Because like I say I, I think the production is there, but I think the lack of opportunity that he was given outweighed the production. And mind you, Duke Williams is a guy that I personally talked to this offseason. Mm-hmm. Standing two feet away from him and personally talked to him. If you haven't checked that interview, please go to Colt Front Report YouTube page. It's on there. And you can see the frustration on Duke's face when he's talking to me about 
getting on the field and preparing for his second season in NFL. And one of the main things he mentions is he can only control what he can control. For me, that's saying I wanted to play, I should have been playing, and I was ready to play, and I wasn't given the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember that. I definitely watched that interview, JT. And you could tell he's frustrated. Did he deserve more opportunity? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But talking current roster, um, I mean, where do we play him? I mean, if you go four receiver set, if Gabriel Davis is balling, you can still sit that man on the bench. I mean, I mean Cole, Cole Beasley going to be out there. John Brown going to be out there. You already know what time it is with Stephon Diggs. So it's very tough to figure out where are you going to play him. That's well, the tough part. Well, see, that's the problem. And I guess that – becomes another question in this scenario is how many receivers do you feel the Bills or Bills are going to keep? Because in my scenario, we keep seven. Yeah, and, I, I believe I believe we keep seven this year. And he's number six. And I and if I had to go with okay, I'm going Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. I'm going John Brown. Yep. You got Cole Beasley. Yep. You got Gabriel Davis. You got Isaiah McKenzie. Mm-hmm. You got Duke Williams. And you got Andre Roberts' return man. That's my seven. Now, so some, you think you think Hoskins is, is gonna cut? I don't think he's cut. I think he's a, a protected practice squad player. And the reason I say that is, Hodges did not come out. They never. And no, no, nothing ever screamed NFL ready about Isaiah Hodges. Isaiah Hodges had NFL potential, which once again we go back to this type of offseason. A player like him who's a late round pick. You get hurt by an offseason like this. Plus, Hodgins has also been banged up and hurt in practice already. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. This is one of those scenarios where I'm going with the veteran. And no, this is not a Trent Murphy situation scenario where it's like, okay, well, we're going to go with the veteran, but the veteran's price tag is $7 million. Yeah, we don't have that situation here. Right. This is a cheap. I'm going with Duke. I'm keeping this roster. Even if it's some weeks where I'm putting him in active. I'm keeping him on this roster. I'm putting Isaiah Hodges as my pra- one of my four protected practice squad players each week. But this this is a question. I'm not sure if you know the answer to this. With the protected four protected players, you still have to put them through the waiver wire, though, correct? They still have to go through the waiver wire process. We might want to look into that because I, if, if that was the case, if he's one of the four protected where you don't have to put him through the waiver wire, I'm going to say absolutely yes. Now, if you put him through the waiver wire, I don't think he'd make it through the waiver wire. Who I, so I think the bit, yeah, I don't think you do that. I don't think they do that because it will get snatched up. The Bills want to keep him, so I don't. And you know, the Bills rarely, rarely, rarely cut draft picks. Rarely cut draft picks. So, and then, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's something we may want to look into to see if that's the case. Okay, so this is the rules about the practice squad players. NFL, all thirty-two teams can carry sixteen players on their practice squad including six veteran players. That means experienced players across the league may end up on the practice squad this season. Teams are allowed to protect four players on the practice squad every Tuesday. So it's a recurring thing. So every Tuesday you have to pick those four players. So you can't just put one on for the entire seat. You have to pick them every single week. Okay. Well, it's kind of, well, it's similar to that now because the practice squad thing is kind of a weekly thing. You don't know if you're going to be there from week to week. So that's, it's kind of the same thing. Right. So I, that's that's what I mean. Like with that type of with that type of rule, this is why I say Duke Williams should be on this roster. Because I I I 
ask the question to a lot of these people who are saying, oh, Hodges and Davis, Hodges and Davis. Yes, eventually it may be Hodges and Davis, but right now I feel like it's only Davis that's NFL ready and ready to go. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're going to make me debate between Duke Williams being on this roster or Isaiah Hodges being on this roster, I'm going with Duke Williams. So I just, I just think because whoever gets that spot between those two is going to be inactive most games anyway. Let's Correct. just face it. So I think you take the rookie and you have him inactive. I mean, replacing uh, – yeah, it's going to be tough. I just, I just think they like that rookie. I just think he, he may be active. Or do Williams low-key might be trade bait. You never know. You never know. If somebody likes him enough, he may be trade bait. Um, I mean, we'll see. I just think – I just don't think Duke makes it. I mean, he, then again, he might. It's tough. He, it's tough. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm vouching for my guy Duke, man. Like I said, I get your point about the inactive roster. You know, if, but if you're going to leave Hodges inactive all year, essentially, you know, for each week, then why even put him on the roster? If you can just put him on the practice squad and get the same, you're, you're getting the same thing from him that all season that you would putting him on the roster and putting him inactive. But in this case, you're, it's almost like you're keeping two players for the price of one. Because Duke's the veteran. So I'm not going to put Duke on the practice squad and protect him because why would I do that? If I need somebody to step in in a week to play, he already knows the playbook. He has report both of your court, both of your quarterbacks, assuming that Jake Fromm is not going to be on the active roster, or even at the field this year. Um, he knows both of your quarterback. He's played meaningful time. And once again, he's a grown man. It's one thing about Duke Williams, the way he plays, he's a grown man. Yeah. So, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to leave Duke as the inactive one all year, and I'm going to protect Hodges on the practice squad because you're protected for the price of, the price of uh, two for the price of one. But like you said, how would Duke Williams feel as a 26, 27-year-old grown man going to the practice squad again? I just – I think – yeah, I think that's going to play a part into it too, and that's why – that's what that's part of the reason why I'm saying I think he's probably going – he's probably not going to be around. If, if anything, I don't think he'll be around past week one. Um, because it comes to the part where he knows he could produce in this league. So it's like sitting there, like, on, like man, listen, you know, not, not saying he is a cancer, but things like that can become a cancer. Where you got the guy saying, man, I, man, I can, man, I can play. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, you know, and I don't know if they want that in the locker room. You know, no, and I'm not saying right. he is a problem. I just don't know if they want that around. So I think that's, and let's be honest, you, you come before a receiver set right now, you're not rolling Duke Williams out there. It'd be, no. it'd be Gabriel Davis. So that's how, that's what I'm thinking. And then, you know, obviously Roberts got a fifth, that fifth spot on on, on Smash, and then uh, you know that sixth spot. You know, I think, yeah, I think it's gonna be Isaiah McKenzie because um, he can do so much. So, that's, I mean, but that's why I'm keep, but that's why I'm keeping seven this year. That's why I'm saying I'm keep, I'm keeping seven, and if we're keeping six, yeah, at that point it gets a little dicey. Yeah, it's real dicey at that point. Um, but I'm I'm keeping seven. I'm sorry, I'm cutting one of the other positions down. I'm keeping seven receivers, and I'm and Duke Williams for me is one of them. And the only reason I said I, I get to in, being inactive, and I also I totally agree with your point about the locker room and culture. We know that Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, they do not play with their locker room and the culture of their locker room. That's not something that they toy around with. Um, I don't I don't know if Duke could become a cancer, but I I can see what you're saying about the potential of that happening. Yeah, it, well, I don't think he'll be a, just a jerk, but and get you know. Yeah, all it takes is that all it takes is that one other person to be like, man, yo, man, I should be playing too. Man, I can make these plays too. 
then now, now we got a problem. Now we got two dudes like this. And two out of 53, you may think it's nothing, but that'll grow real, real fast. It's not a lot. That locker room is very, very small. So I just think I think you roll with the rookie. I just – the both rookies. I think both of them making a new market. You can get away with developing him. I think I think you roll with that, man. And I just think that's what – I think that's where they're going to go. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a very, very interesting situation. And, and let's be honest, you want to see what you got in that six-round pick because it's like, hey, are we keeping him or are we going to move forward? Are we going to draft another receiver next year or what? What do we have in this guy? Let let us see what we have in this guy. Right. No, you're, you're right. I – I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. I just feel like in this type of season, if somebody went down to the top, Diggs, a Beasley, a Brown, or even a Gabe Davis, you're going to be looking for that next man up. And for me, that next man up in that fourth spot will be Duke Williams. And that's one of the reasons I'm like, hey, I'm keeping Duke, especially when I can protect Hodges, because I don't think Hodges is going to be NFL-ready at all this season. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be very productive, but I think he can give you something. I think he can give you what Duke Williams could potentially give you. I I think people sleeping on uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I like him, man, because he showed he he has he can play a little bit. I mean, he's not gonna be that guy. Don't get me, you know. Please don't misunderstand me. But you know, I think he he can. I like him a lot. You know, very versatile. So right. I think we can I think we can roll uh, with that. So, but I I do like uh, I do like the problem we have at the receiver position. We haven't talked about stuff like this in a long time. JT a receiver. No, you haven't. I mean, we, you know, just a couple of years back, we're trying to make a playoff push and we're signing guys off the street, like literally every week, like Justin Hunter and, you know, oh. <laughs> you know, you know we're, we're signing people literally off the street and throwing them into a line. Terrell so. Pryor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So we're not that far removed from that scenario and Quan Bowden retiring, you know, so it is what it is. But hey, uh, James is going with Duke. No. I'm going with Duke, yes, but I think the the bigger question is it's not about Duke, but how many receivers are we keeping on this roster? That's what it is. That's what it is. It's gonna be interesting. And hey, if somebody gets cut unexpectedly, man, you know, think about if it's a receiver on the leader get cut unexpectedly. You they part with Duke real quick. They were they were part with Duke. Then they put Hodges on the practice squad. They are part with McKenzie. <laughs> you never yeah. know. Yeah, you know, if you got a guy that come come along like uh, unexpected, it's like, hey, let's roll. Yeah. So, hey, we'll see what happens. Saturday's Saturday four thirty is uh, it's coming fast. Real fast. Real, real, real fast. So we're gonna see, man. It's, it's interesting, man. So judgment day. Judgment day is upon us. But uh hey, guys, make sure you're getting to uh the Bills Jack Podcast Facebook page. Make sure you're getting to the Bills Jack Podcast Instagram, which is at Bills Jack Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to the Cold Front YouTube. We don't even got a name yet because we don't have 100 followers yet. 100 subscribers. So get us to 100. We're like 30 away. Come on, do us a favor, man. You guys Let's follow- get it, everybody. Come on. Come on. Come on. You guys, you guys follow more people on OnlyFans. This is free. So uh, make sure you get <laughs> over there and subscribe, and uh, you catch our full podcast episodes on that as well. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll go live someday. Maybe we'll start going live. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a simulcast. But- yeah, I'm with it. Hey, guys, this segment was sponsored by Cold Socks. Get over to www.coldsocks.com. If you're not wearing cold socks, then, I mean, you're not repping your area code. So, Dan Gabino and those guys do a great job. They do everything for a great cause, too. So, make sure you get them and rep in those codes. Catch you later. Have a good one. Catch. And he tosses that one and turns the press.
shut 